This is episode 105 of the EdTech Takeout from Grantwood AAA. My name is Jonathan Wiley, and here, as always, is Mindy Carney. Just the two of us. Just the two of us. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. We don't need guests. No. Because, guests. I mean, yeah, right? <laughs> We're just going to talk about other people today. We are going to talk about other people today. Yeah, yes. it's my favorite thing to do. Okay. Okay. It's good to, to do that on a podcast because yep. nobody can like reply or reply all or anything else. That's and, right. You know, yeah. Nobody can complain. Just at Mindy on Twitter. <laughs> yeah, because I don't check it. So you bet. Perfect. How about it? News and follow up. Let's uh, let's do some news and follow up <laughs> okay. then um, before we start talking about other people. All right. Um, the iOS version of Expeditions Pro is now available. Mm-hmm. So this is the app that is the closest thing to replacing right. Google Expeditions. And so it means you, in theory, could now do like VR tours on a class set of iPads. Mm-hmm. But? But we haven't tested it yet. So, <laughs> so we don't know. <laughs> That's why I said in theory you should be able to do that. So, hey, if you want to test it and let us know if it works, yeah, please do. I was always one of the things, I think, with Expeditions that – if people didn't have like the headsets yeah. and all the and the phones and yeah. stuff, we would tell them, "Yeah, you can do it with iPads." Yeah, I mean, right. it's not like as immersive, but right. you can still lead a tour and gate a tour and mm-hmm. show kids different things. So, so because there, so there's only an iOS version of this. No, no, it started as Android only. Okay, so you now, could do it with a touchscreen Chromebook too. Um. Right? In theory, you yes. Could de- in theory. We didn't test that either. <laughs> That's a good idea, though. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I don't know if you could. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Lots of things for our listeners to try out no and idea tell us how it works because it's just We don't not, know. We're, we're not going to do it. Yeah, we're not doing it. <laughs> Maybe Gina Rogers could do Maybe it. Maybe Gina Rogers could do it. Our new expedition ambassador. <laughs> <laughs> um, moving on then. Apple has introduced a new version of iMovie. Really? This is iMovie 3.0. So I think this might be new to you, so I thought I'd throw it in it here. It is, yeah. Two interesting features. One is called Storyboards, which reminds me a little bit of like, you know, how in iMovie you could do like a video or you could do the trailer. Yeah. And the trailer kind of had like this stepped storyboard, yeah. basically, yeah. that was yep. like, you know, put this in here and that in here, this three-second clip, yeah. this five-second clip. Fantastic, yeah. Love so it. it's kind of like that, except it's for like the video version. It's not oh. like for trailers. They have 20 different templates huh. that you can choose from, like, Cooking tutorials, Q&As, product reviews, news reports, all different templates. And as you go through, it will give you suggestions for the type of shot that you might want to frame or have in this part here. And you can take that suggestion or reject it outright as you want. Take it or leave it. Yeah, take it or leave it. And if you want, you can just, you know, um, add some extra ones or or start from from scratch. But the storyboards are new just to help... um, kids i guess and anybody yeah. else yeah, improve right. their storytelling skills yeah. i um use that trailers a lot with my you know primary kids because yeah. it really helped guide them to what you know and plus it gave you an idea of what the shot should look like yeah and definitely yeah it really helped kind of guide them into something that was more enjoyable to watch as opposed to like 10 yeah, minutes of yeah. crazy, yeah. <laughs> uh, was it Tony Vincent that did all those templates for the trailers, oh, do you remember? Maybe. That you yeah. could print them out and you, they could write yeah. them out ahead of time and plan yeah, them? Yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, that was a long time ago. Somewhere. I'm sure they do exist hmm. somewhere. Hmm. Okay, if I find them, I'll put those in the show notes oh, too. Oh, yeah, dig way back into the archives. Good luck. Let us know how long it takes you. Yeah. Um, second feature that they added to iMovie 3.0 is called Magic Movie. All right. Where you can quickly create something. I mean, I know you're you're an, an iOS Apple person. Like like in Apple Photos, yeah. it does those little moments. Yep. You know, this is this time last year you were in this park yeah, and it puts right. like a little photo video slideshow yeah. together. So I think it's going to be like that. You can just um, select an album or mm-hmm. some videos quickly. Yeah. It will kind of scan through and take what it thinks are the best parts of each video and photo and compile it into something magical, Nice, I guess. I use um, Quick for that. Yeah. So this would be interesting. Yeah, Yeah, so I think they're taking things like Quick. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So there you go. Try those. Yeah. iMovie 3.0 is a free update from the App Store 
for devices running iOS 15.2 or later. So you need to have a fairly recent and updated device, it seems, for these. Okay. Next on the list, um, Zoom has a couple of um, updates which I thought were interesting. All right. Uh, one is more interesting than the other. I mean, they've, they've updated the <laughs> Way whiteboard. To Thank you. Yeah, the, the whiteboard is is nice to have. It's a nice yeah. update, and it now sure. looks more similar on all devices. So okay. the Zoom whiteboard has mm-hmm. got some some updates. The interesting one is the gesture recognition. Yeah, talk to me about this. So on a Zoom call now, if you enable this, it's not enabled by default. But if you turn this on in your settings, you can put your hand up like this. And it is the equivalent of doing the raise hand button inside of Zoom. What? You know how you can click yeah. raise hand yeah. and you, yeah. it's like it puts a little hand next to your name and the participant list. So you can now just do this and it does raise hand for you. you so if I was looking at the screen, I yeah. would see you physically raising your hand. Yes. And also it would show as a notification. Yes. You can also okay. do thumbs up and it will give you the thumbs up emoji, emoji. reaction mm. yeah so people say that and i've been on zoom calls recently and they're like give me a thumbs up if you if you're yeah. still with me and all this sort of thing I'm and not, you do this and uh, yes <laughs> uh, but sometimes people say give me a thumbs up or give me a reaction or something and oh. because people don't know where the reactions are sometimes yes, and, right. but if you just do a thumbs up it will automatically do the thumbs up reaction okay. too so all right. Different. All right. I mean, fun maybe. Yeah, a little bit of AI, right? Doesn't have I to guess be AI so. Right? Yeah, yeah. It's scanning and looking at what all you're gestures. doing. That'd so super fun. Yeah. So, I mean, all gestures. Exactly. I mean, I'm sure there'll be something <laughs> weird, like I don't know, like you're working at home or, or somebody will walk by and they'll be mouthing something at you. You, you just go like, yeah. you put thumbs up and, and then the Zoom will be a thumbs up and people will be wondering why you're <laughs> wow, thumbs up. Wow, he's really like, excited. Yeah. Okay. So, and does it work if your camera is off, I wonder? Presumably not, right? Right. Because how know. would Zoom... Be able to see you? Yeah, does Zoom see you or not? So if you're using or the web-based, just... I would say no. But if you're using software, desktop, that's different. Is it right. just participants can't see you, or is it Zoom can see you? I don't know. Mm. Oh, I'm sure Zoom can see you. Everyone, <laughs> be careful out there. <laughs> Get your tinfoil headset. <laughs> um, uh, last one on the list. Okay. Maybe Mindy could talk about maybe, this. Maybe she can. Maybe she can. Maybe okay. she can't. Yeah, I don't know. Um, so. I am not the expert on this, but Wiley wanted me to mention that there are computer science lessons coming to Seesaw. So if you're not familiar with this, uh, Seesaw is now adding lessons to the library. Um, There are some there for free right now. And if you, so here's one tip. Mm -hmm. Um, Those Seesaw lessons, they are not saying that they will be free forever. However, if you go in and like this free Seesaw Lessons in there and add them. So when you hit the little heart button, it likes it and saves it into your library. Right. So as long as you have it saved to your library, you have it forever. Oh, that's so, a good tip. Yeah, it's kind of like the old Padlet thing, right? Like yeah. you have made all of the Padlets, you get to keep them all. Um, so that would be the first thing. If you like those, go in and save them. Um, if you don't care about them, don't. But um, there will be computer science lessons coming with the additional Seesaw lessons that will be for purchase in the future. So um, currently right now, our um, AAs, the state of Iowa, is looking into those computer science lessons. Um, I have not seen them, but I've heard that they are phenomenal. So just keep an eye out for those Um Keep an eye out for webinars if they have them in your area um, to learn more about not only the computer science lessons, but also um, Seesaw lessons in general. So um, the nice thing is, is that they're allowing us to preview some free ones right now. Of course, it's like a promotional thing, right? Mm -hmm, Everybody's mm got to make a buck. But um, so, yeah, just know that they're there and they're coming and take a look, I guess. Okay. Sounds good. All right. Okay, so up next, serve to you piping hot. It's iTech. Well, you said reflections. Now, I was thinking this is like iTech nuggets. Am I going to have to like... Nuggety, nuggety. Rename the episode already. I feel like maybe. iTech nuggets. It's iTech nuggets. Okay. But also reflections, I guess. Nuggets and reflections? Nuggets and reflections. The nugs. I'm going to have to work on that one. Okay. Yeah. 
So we have just returned from iTech, face-to-face iTech 2022, um, which was kind of exciting. I, To be completely honest, I really uh, was surprised how many people were there. Yeah, I think I was, was too. It was crazy yeah. to see people like in person. I kept walking and was like, oh, hi. Yeah. Oh, hi. Hey, how are you? Um, so it was really exciting to start to feel like things had gotten back to normal a little bit. It was great to see so many people in person. It was great to do some team learning again. Like we, you yeah. and I went to sessions again yeah. together because normally we kind of travel in pairs, the two of us, and yeah. um, had lunch together and did all of the great team things that we, you know, used to do. It was good. It felt a little bit normal, mm-hmm. finally. Yeah, conferences are back in person again. I mean, yeah. this one was technically a hybrid conference, all it right? Was, yeah. So, which was challenging for yeah. us as a presenter, yeah, because yeah. we had to we were live streaming it yes. to the Hoover platform, yes. and we were also presenting it to people in the room at the same time. So, and people could go back and watch it if they couldn't. So technically, you had three audiences. You had your mm-hmm. live face-to-face audience, you had your live streamed audience, and then you had an audience of people who might come back and watch that video later. It's yeah. interesting. And it's an interesting format because, like, you know, when you go to conferences, there's always like, oh, well, there's these two that are on at the same time. Yeah. I don't know which one to go with, and you have to pick one. Yeah. But I guess, in theory, even like you and I could go mm-hmm. back and... yeah see any of them for like yeah. the next is it three months or six months you know what something I don't know. like that yeah 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 so i didn't see you present though no that's no. i didn't see you present either yeah, well so. that was rude so mm-hmm. um what did you present on um i only did one presentation this oh, time oh well lazy okay i know i was feeling lazy <laughs> <laughs> i was wanting to learn i was i, I, I couldn't it's think of anything joking. else to present yeah well i mean the history of this conference was it was supposed to be in october wasn't it and October got, two years ago, yeah. Well, I think, yeah, and then it got rescheduled ago, and yeah. pushed to, like, yes. spring and stuff. Right. And So, yeah, so in between, I, I didn't think of anything else to present yeah, right, on. So sure. I did Getting Things Done with Google, okay. which is based on some of the stuff we've done on the podcast, too, I think, a All little right. bit. It's, it was a Google productivity um, session for teachers. And I said to them, you know, a lot of the sessions you'll see here today are – based around how to help students learn more with technology. This one is not one of those. This is about you and helping you get organized and give you some tips for email and Mm -hmm. uh, task lists and Google Drive and Keep and all that kind of stuff. So I just went through some of those main productivity type of tools to Mm -hmm. help people think about different ways to use those because I think people are feeling swamped and oh, yeah, overwhelmed. And sure. we're at that time of the year where we're on that last slippery slope where we're going straight into the summer yeah. and there's uh, nothing stopping you. So um, just help people stay organized yeah, before nice. they get there. Yeah. But you're not going to share any of those things? You want to tell us any of them or secret? Um, a lot of it was based off of a, a system called Getting Things Done. Okay. Um, so it was... Is that a book? It is a book. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I think by, you've talked about it before, right? Yeah, by yeah. David Allen. Yeah. Um, and so there's there's different ways you can set up your email. So I just shared how I do like uh, priority inboxes and, oh, yeah. and labeling. So I only really have like two labels for my email. Um, and uh, I have – there was two rules I think I, I came along with for my, for my email session, which mm-hmm. was the two-minute rule. If you can deal with it in two minutes or less, then you absolutely – should do it do in it. the moment do it in the moment yeah. don't put it off because yeah. the second rule was touch it once which is if you open the email don't just close it and move on to the next one and say okay yeah i should look at that sometime or that oh. that's important so touch it once means open it label it give it some kind of job or role oh, mm-hmm. so that um it's you already know that uh when you have to deal with that one yeah um that you know what it's going to be yeah that makes sense do you did you talk about snooze then Talked about snooze yeah. a little bit. Talked about schedule send and oh, yeah, you know sure. some of those yeah. things just to make sense. Help people think nice. differently about their email and other productivity tools. Wow, good one. So, what did Mindy work on? Um, well, Bridget and I did a session on rediscovering your love for seesaw. Mm. Um, and I, the purpose behind that session, I think, is just that over the last couple of years, people have lived and breathed technology, their LMS. Um, I wouldn't necessarily call Seesaw an LMS. It's, you know, getting closer, of course. Um, but they're, I think they're feeling burnout about using that same technology over and over again. And so, yeah. 
you know, Seesaw has a lot of really great built-in tools that live there that students can use. Um, and so we just kind of wanted to bring some of those, remind people of some of the things that made them fall in love with Seesaw to begin with. Um, and so we just talked about some a way to utilize the Seesaw Activity Library and things that you could change about an activity if you found it, but you didn't necessarily love it. Um, Bridget talked about those Seesaw lessons again. So just kind of bringing back all the perks of Seesaw and hopes that people would feel a little bit more re-energized to get back at it. Yeah. yeah. I think it's it's one of those tools that you can get some fatigue from after yeah, a while certainly. if you if yeah. you always use it the same way or you're not yeah. you don't have time to go out and look for new ways or new ideas mm-hmm. then yeah okay so yeah. i can i can see how that would be appreciated yeah. for sure um and then beth and i uh shared some of the work that we've been doing this year with uh gina rogers and um amber bridge around well, blended learning, personalized learning. And so we did a session called Building a Collaborative Learning Community for Practices to Get You Started. Um, because we, you know, the more we learn and the more we are involved in classrooms, um, we just see over and over again how important it is to build that classroom community of learners. Um, and that it's often something that we do maybe at the beginning of the school year, but it's something that we need to continue to work on. And so we added um, lots of resources, and we were going to share the links to our session so that you guys can have all of those things too. But um, really talking about getting feedback from students, um, maybe working in small groups with students, but not based on skill level and different ways that you could group students that aren't just based on skill level. And just some different strategies of how to make students a little bit more independent in the classroom or to rely on one another as opposed to having to rely on you to help them solve problems. So lots of great resources in there that you could take a look at. I'm looking at it now. Oh, yeah. Your four practices are connecting, planning, instructing, and engaging. Yeah. Mm. And then a fifth one, which is kind of like the circle of it, right? So gathering data at the end of the lesson to plan for the next lesson, which is not new to anyone, certainly. Mm -hmm. Um, But sometimes you just need a new view or view a new perspective of how you might do that in your classroom. All right. Okay. So links to our slide decks for those yeah. will be in the show notes. We sure. could put all the slide decks from our team in the yeah, show notes. We could. Notes. We'll put yeah. it in a wakelet, I guess. Yeah. We have them all in a wakelet. Yeah, so. we could do that. Yeah. So what else did uh, what else did you go and see? Yeah. This is the part where we get to talk yeah, about other people. Yeah, we get to talk about other people, right? Right. Okay. So who um, do you want to talk about first? Well, let's talk about Josh Allen since that was a session that you and I went to together. We did go to that one. Yeah. yeah. So Josh Allen, friend of the show. We went in, he had a um, session on Google Sites and the new Google Sites, which I don't necessarily live and breathe. I've been, I've, I mean, used it, but I wanted to go and just have a refresher, I think. Yeah. Um, so one of the things, and I don't know if I knew this and forgot or never knew this, but you can add uh, um, Favicon. Is, is that, that right? how you're going to say it? Is it Favicon? <laughs> or Favicon? Favicon? I, I, I don't know. I don't know either. Um, to your Google site. And I was like, oh, huh. I don't know that I knew that. Mm-hmm. So if mm-hmm. you don't know what that is, it's the little icon on your tab within your Chrome window or your Safari window or whatever um, that helps identify kind of what that tab is. So like for your Google Mail, you have the little Google Mail icon. It's a Favicon or Favicon or... Mm-hmm. You know, sure. whatever you want to call it. So you can add one of those into your new Google Sites under the settings of that site. And then you would choose brand images, and then you can upload the image that you'd like to add um, to that tab. Yeah. And I think the reason that's great is because as it's great for users, I think, People want to identify what the tab is, so mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just a nice little usability. Plus, it just makes your website look a little bit more professional, right? And or, if you have like yeah. lots of school Google Sites yeah. open at one time, they're oh, all sure. going to have the Google Sites logo on them, yeah. unless you—that's a good point. 
differentiate between yeah, them a right. bit. Yeah, because like if you have like six Google Docs open, they all have the Google Docs icon, and yeah, you can't tell if you you're can't tell what it is. got too many tabs open. Yeah, wouldn't that be nice if you could add a favicon to a Google Doc. Docs page? Hmm. Yeah. So one of the ways that we do get around this though is to put emojis in the title of yeah. your tab, and so that can Could help do that. you mm-hmm. identify it. But if you have nine million tabs open, then the <laughs> you know you might not see that. You emoji. might not see that little mm-hmm. tiny emoji. So the other thing I, I learned in that session about yeah. Google Sites was you can now group pages together in the navigation. Yeah. So if you go to the navigation tab and you like see all all the pages on the website. You can, like, group them into, like, sections, I think they call them. Okay. And, again, I guess I hadn't seen that before because yeah. that can get messy. I, I remember, like, our like our Weebly site that we mm-hmm. used to have mm-hmm. had so many pages. And yeah. some were hidden from navigation and some were just, yeah. like, not used. But it was, like, a massive long tree structure. But yeah. he had a good example of one of his school websites that were, you know, grouped them all together. So if you did something on Google Tools, you could group all the Gmail pages together or all the Google Drive pages yeah. together. So that was that was worth knowing about, too. Yeah, that was new to me, mm-hmm. certainly. I saw you had one more thing from his session, though. Well, when we were in that session, somebody yeah. asked him... Can you put a Google slide deck in there so that it automatically plays? And he was like, I don't know. And then like the day after iTag, or maybe even the same later that day, he he tweeted at you and I to oh, say he did. That, I'm not on the Twitter, right? You hadn't seen that? <laughs> no, he tweeted at you and I and said, Hey, you actually can do the auto advancing yeah. thing. And you have to click on the slide deck once it's embedded and then there's like a little settings gear mm-hmm. and you can have it auto advance. Just mm-hmm. like, you know, when you publish to the web and it goes every five seconds or, mm-hmm. or whatever. So right. yeah. I so, knew that though. You did know that? Yeah, I've made one before. But somebody asked it in the session. I know, and, and I answered it for him. Did you? Do you ever pay attention to me at all? I try not to. Gosh. Yeah, those um, Think, Make, Innovate design cards. Oh, yeah. That roulette yeah. thing that we have. I don't but know. You, Is it roulette? It's more like yes. a, so they're auto, they auto advance so that you – they auto advance super fast. So it's like a – it's kind of like a slot machine, you know, you click on it. So, so that, does it auto advance by default or do you have to turn it on? Um, no, I had to turn it on, I think. So I published it to the web and then set the, um, auto advance to like super fast. It's like 0.01 or whatever. I mean, it's like super, super fast. And then I just use the embed code, put that in that way. So the way he did it or the way he showed me on that tweet that you didn't read, (laughs) you don't have to publish to the web. It's oh, a Google okay. slide setting oh. so that you just you just go to insert the slide deck and then there's like a little gear on nice. it and okay. then you choose auto advance and then it goes from there. Easy enough. Yeah. Nice. So now I'll have to go back to the Twitters and look. You'll have to go back to the Twitters and look. Yes. yes. All right. We could link to it in the show notes yeah, if I can sure. find that tweet somewhere. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. All right. So what, ses- what other sessions did you go to? Uh, Andrew Fenstermaker. Okay. Did um, shh. Google Secrets. Yeah. Andrew always does a good job. <laughs> he does a good job. Yeah. He had like, I don't know, maybe a hundred slides or something. Oh, sure. And he's like, we're not going to get through half of these slides, but I'm going to skip around yeah, and show you sure. some things and, yeah. and try and get you excited about yeah, some things. Right. So, it's a good um, way to read the crowd too, right? Like if they get so excited too. about one thing, then you're like, oh, if I show you this. You, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And he's done enough of these that, that yeah. he can do that and read For the sure. crowd well. So I always forget about emoji bullet points in Google Docs. Yeah. I mean... And I don't know if I can think of a, an occasion where I would want to use them, and that's yeah. maybe why I forget about yeah. them because we're we're all business, we're all serious. When you do meeting notes and bullet points oh, and stuff like that, I'm super you, you don't want like little pandas or something on your right. bullet points. But uh, hey, no. maybe you do. Maybe you do. So um, that's in the um, the settings. Okay. So the way it works is you go to, in a Google Doc, you go to Format, Bullets okay. and Numbering, and then you go to List Options. Okay. And under there, you do see some more different options like A's and 1's and stars, yeah. but there's one called More Bullets. And then oh if you my. click More really Bullets, get down in there. Okay. it takes you into the Special Characters oh, yeah. menu. Sure. And one of those um, languages that you can choose from where it says symbol by default is emoji right and you go into emoji and you can choose like a heart emoji or something for your bullet points when mindy has just updated that on her doc i did so thanks so for how that. do you do so that's just the main bullet point because we've got like a bullet point list with sub bullet points then 
Yes. But it only is for the main bullet point? I think. Like for a single level bulleted list. Yeah, that's a good question. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I don't either. It's still fun. It is fun. Yeah, I just thought you meant like, oh, bulleted list, use emojis. Oh, I did not know that existed. Good one. And while I'm in here, I was digging around in the doc settings. This is not yeah. one of Andrew's tips, but maybe oh. it's going to be on his next one. Okay. Because you know how sometimes you go into Google Docs and it says new. Yeah. Well, if you go under the insert menu now, mm-hmm. there's a new one called add emoji reaction. Oh. Which I found out about live on the podcast. Yeah. And so you can click after or you can select some text like you would for a comment or something. Yeah. And then go to insert oh. emoji reaction. And add an emoji reaction for what something. What in the world? So those are fun too, right? Yeah. Add emoji reaction. Yeah. Yeah, it shows up over like under the comment and um, suggesting whatever. Yeah. Interesting. So a couple of little emoji wow. tips for you. Yeah. Um, Andrew also had this thing, which I think I've seen before, but again, I forget. Yeah. And, if you use a, a mobile device and you are searching on Google for like an animal, he did mm-hmm. one of a like a lion or something. Okay. Search for a lion and you get all the usual search results. But one of them is um, a little Google card that says view in 3D. Mm-hmm. And if you click on that, it lets you scan the floor with your phone and do like an AR lion life size. Really? On the floor in front of you. Huh. And you can do that for... I don't know if that's for every animal or not, but I would guess a lot of animals Google has done a 3D scan of so that you can have an AR projection in front of you. So if you wanted to, I don't know, you're projecting your iPad onto the big screen or something and you wanted to show an animal in your classroom, it will will kind of walk around a little bit and do some animal things. That's cool. Mm Mm-hmm. Last thing he did on there uh, that I thought was kind of interesting or things I should remember, I didn't know about. Um, if you're in Google Drive, if you hit the period key, it will bring up the sharing menu. Yeah, I don't know that I knew that. I don't think I knew that. I mean, I'm not a big keyboard shortcut person for Google stuff, but yeah. that was there. D on inside a drive will give the details pane of mm-hmm. a file, mm-hmm. and P will preview any file. Hmm. So... They kind of make sense. D for details, yeah. P sure. for preview. So. Well, all right then. So that's what I got from Andrew's session. Okay. Um. So, oh, we both have Tony Vincent. Oh, we did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but we didn't go to the same session. No, he yeah. had like two. He had several sessions. Yeah, he did. Yeah. So I went to his uh, animated slides session. I, that was not the exact name of it, but it was something like that. And I took away two things. One of them I did not, I don't ever remember, and he said it, and I was like, oh, yes, this is a good one to remember, is if you're working in slides to use the shift key with the arrow to move it just one pixel. Yes, that's so a good one. So when you drag it around or you go to, like, click it into space, it's not just one pixel it moves at a time. It snaps into the grid. Mm-hmm. But if you use – sometimes it doesn't look right. And I feel like sometimes things don't even, like, snap in the right <laughs> – the same spot, you know, like you were trying to line things up. Yeah. So you could use the shift key with the arrow key, and it will move it just one pixel around. And it's you like, can ah. just you can just do the arrow key, but I think it's, like – five pixels or yes, 10 right. pixels or something yes, like that. So right. it's if you need it very precise, like, yeah. like I do, like my yeah. brain does, I should yeah. say then. That's true about you. Yes. Shift and arrow. Yeah. And I was like, yes, I totally forgot that. But that is a good thing to remember. It's one of those things you need it when you need it. And so if you're not using it all the time, which he is, I mean, he's using it consistently mm-hmm. because he does all of his shape grams and stuff. So the other one that was brand new to me and also blew my mind a little bit. Okay. Um, was so he was talking about um, using Google Slides to create a GIF, which we've talked about on the show before. Now, what he is doing though is going to you know like a image site of some sort. So let's say like Pixabay, right? Mm-hmm. So when he goes to Pixabay, he's searching for vector images and within pixabay there's a drop down that allows you to search just for vector images and so then he's finding you know like his example was a sunflower so he took that vector image 
image. He downloaded it. He added it into his Google Drive and then used Cloud Convert to convert it to an SVG file. Okay. I know. This is a lot. It is. And I was, yeah, when he was talking, I was like, this is a lot. This is a lot of steps, right? So then he is pulling it into Google Drawings. What happens is those vector images are like pieces that are, let's say, drawn, right? Mm -hmm, So the mm -hmm. sunflower then, when it was converted, each petal was like its own little movable piece. And like the stem could detach from the flower. Right. So if you wanted students to, his example was the sunflower following the sun, each one of those slides then, because this becomes more of a movable image, could be reoriented on each slide so that when you go to make it into a GIF, it's not something you had to draw yourself. It's an image that was already created. So that sunflower head could follow his son across this each slide. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. See what I'm saying? Yeah. I so get it. and you could group or ungroup. Yep. So if you wanted to move those petals around or whatever, you could do so. Interesting. Yeah, and I was like, oh, this is really, this is really smart. It's not something I ever would have thought. No. I didn't even know it was possible. No. Um, so I did link, he has, um, a visual on his website. So I linked that on there. It's not exactly how he showed us, um, in the presentation because he was saying, um, I, it's not exactly how, but it's close enough that I think you could figure it out. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Something different that, uh, he showed me was, and I guess this is similar to like a closed procedure type of exercise, but he, when he was in the classroom, he said he did a lot of like blackout re- style, redaction style text. So he would give his kids, you know, a paragraph and maybe it was from a science textbook or something. Mm-hmm. And he would put it into like Google Drawing, I think. Yeah. And he would take like the shape tool and he would just shade over certain words and color them black. Mm-hmm. And so that maybe five or six words in a paragraph were blacked out. And they were like keywords of, of some kind of um, meaning. Mm-hmm. And he would have the kids look at it and try and decipher what those missing words can mm-hmm. be. And he did it with us as the audience. And sometimes it's like, yeah, no, that, that could have fit. But yeah. that's not the word. Yeah. <laughs> and just yeah. the, the conversation that you yeah. have around that sort of thing mm-hmm. is kind of interesting. So um, very easy to do. You could do yeah. it in all kinds of different tools, I guess, too. Yeah, I think that's called the closed reading strategy. Yes. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I called it closed procedure, right? but yeah. something like that. Yeah, so close right. reading, yes, yeah. you're right. So it's similar to that. So instead of having, it's like a missing word, but he would do it sometimes where he would um, have like maybe the first letter showing, oh. but then the rest of the word blanked out. Yeah, or sure. he would have it like um, a skinny rectangle that you could see the bottom half of the word, but not huh. the top half. Huh. So you knew there was like some descenders like G's or Y's yeah, or something sure. in there, but yeah. you didn't know exactly what it was. And that just to give you hints and hints, things. Sure. So, yeah, interesting ways of doing that. That's interesting. Other thing you showed that I took a note of and I thought I hadn't done one of these for a long time was mm-hmm. wordsift.org, okay. which is a, um, a word cloud generator. Oh. And I've been a while since if somebody yeah. said to me, hey, do you know a good word cloud generator? Yeah. I'm not sure I would know yeah, one off right. the top of my head. Yeah. So it made me think about um, word cloud generators. Mm-hmm. So you can just paste some text into a box. And maybe it's something out of like a Google form responses that you had from from kids and you want to just, you know, highlight what some of the the most important or most common things were on there. Mm -hmm. Stick it straight in there, too. Yeah. All right. Who else did you go and see? Um, So I went and saw Chris Shiner, who is the um, gentleman from, well, now he works for Seesaw, but he's pretty popular uh, because he, I think, was the first one who started creating YouTube videos that were about creating, like, choice boards. Or um, first it was with Google Slides inside Seesaw, and now he works for Seesaw. So I think he did Seesaw sessions all day, but I only had the opportunity to go to um, one of them. 
And I actually ended up taking one of the things that he shared and put it into Bridget and I's session. And it was the idea oh. to add a hint to a seesaw template. Okay. So one of the things that he showed was, um, and for, you know, Seesaw users, this is going to sound familiar, you add a template to your activity so that students have something to start with. But um, for scaffolding, you can hide-ish hints on that template by just like creating a text box. And at the front of that text box, it just says hint. Yeah. And then the rest of the text box can be that hint. What he did then, though, is he drug that text box down over to the corner of the template so that you could only see the word hint. So that students then, if they needed a hint, could tap hmm. on the hint, pull it to the their, um, their uh, canvas, read what the hint is, and then put it away. It's really interesting. Yeah. yeah. And so you can also, within text boxes, add a voice recording to that text box that reads it. So that would be extra points, right, is to also add that voice hint for kids who, you know, reading it might be a challenge. So you could have a voice hint or a text hint, and students could use it or lose it. You know hmm. what I mean? So Okay. I like that. Yeah, I do too. It was something yeah. that I um, hadn't thought about before and I thought was really clever. And you know what? I'm 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 glad that you were here to pronounce his last name for yeah. me because I've never heard anybody say that. I, I've mm-hmm. seen his name in lots yeah. of places, and I'm but I've never um, Shiner. Yeah, is that okay? Yeah, it's S Z A J N E R. Yeah, Shiner. Okay. So somebody asked him, and I would I didn't know before either, yeah. so I'm not going to pretend that. So somebody asked him in a session, and she. I think they were fans of his. And so she said, will you please say your last name for me so I can go back and tell all of the teachers at my school. We've been talking forever. And he just said, it's Shiner. I know it doesn't look anything like that, but it's Shiner like a bruise on the eye. So, Huh. Interesting. Okay. All right. Um, I went to see David Lockhart, who I'd not seen before. Mm -hmm. He he self-styles himself as big guy in a bow tie. Mm -hmm. Is that right or not? Am I saying that wrong? I think that's right. And so he he did um, an iOS app session where he talked about lots of different um, apps. Was the last time you were at like an iOS app session? I know it, it's, it's intriguing. Right? It is intriguing. Yeah, right. Yes. So I was wondering, you know, what what's new? What have I not yeah, seen for sure. a little while? And yeah. you know, I I'd obviously seen some of those apps on there. There was a couple that were brand new to me. I think one was called um, I'm going to try and pronounce yeah. this correctly. Collabracam. Yeah. Which is a multi, a collaborative multi-camera app for iOS. So, okay. <laughs> yeah. So if you think about like a video setup where you might have a multi-cam setup, you might mm-hmm. have like a wide shot and a close-up shot yeah. and a medium shot. And in in the TV land, you know, the director would switch between different yeah. cameras and stuff to get different views. So that's kind of what you can do with with this one here. You okay. can have multiple cameras all filming the same scene and you can record all the cameras at once and then play it back and and choose the different angles that you want at different times. So who else used to have something like that? It wasn't IPVO. It was what? Somebody else used to have something oh, like this. Uh, was it Touchcast or yeah, something like some, that? Yeah, that's right. Yeah yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. He showed Touchcast as well. He did, so, huh? Yeah. yeah. Is that what it's called, Touchcast? Uh, yeah, I think you're right. Okay. Yeah. Um, the other one he showed, which intrigued me a little bit, is because it replaced an app that um, died um, or got bought and then killed, I should say. Oh. <laughs> Sounds very Murder dramatic, Murder on the right? horizon. Yeah, what? Well, you know, things are always going to the Google graveyard, so they're they're also going to the other graveyards too. But uh, but do you remember Nuzzle? Yes. Which you kind of connected your Twitter account, Uh and then it showed you all the other links that people in your followings were talking about Mm -hmm. and stuff. And Twitter bought Nuzzle, and then Twitter killed Nuzzle for whatever reason. (laughs) So (laughs) the replacement that he came up with for that was called TweetShelf.com, which is very similar. And it scans through all the people you follow on Twitter. And this one's a little bit different because it will give you different categories of things. So if you want to see the news and article links that people are tweeting about, mm-hmm. it will give you those. Yeah. It will give you books that people are talking about, okay. podcasts that people are listening to, and videos that people are sharing. So if you want to just 
dial it down a little bit. I think yeah. it's kind of interesting. I'm not sure exactly how it works. I'm sure it looks for things like Amazon links for books or yeah. or something like that, but um, podcasts as well, maybe Apple podcast links, but just a really interesting way to have a quick overview of your network and things and see what people are, are doing because I think we've had a conversation as a team that people are kind of stepping back from Twitter a little bit and yeah. not using it as much as they used to. But, right. you know, this could be a way just to, I don't know, help you maybe get back into it a little bit or just yeah. make it seem a little bit less overwhelming if you can just at a glance see what are people talking about and sharing and yeah. things like that. Well, especially I, – so um, I know Beth talks about this, and I feel this way too about Twitter, um, is that there are – and I think you have to turn this off, but I do think that Twitter turns it back on for you when there's like an update or something is that it will recommend. The timeline view? Yeah. Well, right. that and your, the um, recommended tweets. So I'll see tweets from people that people I follow follow. Right. Yes. And I don't care. Yes. Like I, so I have a, you know, stream of all these tweets of people that I don't follow and I obviously look to see like, who is this? <laughs> You know, and so I'm like, well, why am I seeing this tweet? And can I, oh, I don't even follow this person. I'm getting it. So this to me is like kind of filtering through some of that junk that Twitter puts into your feed Mm -hmm. um, upon like suggested tweets or whatever. Yes. It's pulling from your purely the people that you you follow. follow. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. Okay. Okay. It's available for iOS and the web and. Okay. I don't know if it's available on Android. Maybe Android. I'm yeah. not sure. Okay. Um, let's see. Oh, so this is kind of nuggety, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, we were having lunch, and Beth shared with me, and Stacy said she had shared this with me before. Oh, so, <laughs> that sounds like me and like, you. <laughs> she's like, I feel like I've already told you people this, but whatever. Yeah. Um, but anyway, Beth pointed out or shared with us at lunch that you can highlight text on a website, then right click on that highlight and it will generate a link that bookmarks that text. You can share that link with someone else. They click on that link and it will take them directly to where you want them to read. So imagine like this uh, super long article, whatever. Beth wants me to read it. She can highlight the part that I she wants me to read. Generates a link with that text. I click on it. It takes me exactly to the spot that she wants me to read. Yes. Boom. Only works in Chrome, uh, though. Well. But yes, if you're a Chrome user like most people are, yeah, yeah, you just right-click on it. I think it says yeah. copy link to highlight yeah. or something yeah, like that. So, yeah, I think that's what she said, too. Let me, I can try. Yeah. I mean, I can try it, Wiley. You could try it. Let you know. Mm-hmm. Does it work on a dock, too? Probably not, because you get a different right-click menu on a dock, yeah. don't link. you? Yeah. Well, uh, should we talk about Jesse Lubinsky? Oh, yeah, sure. Because he was there. Yeah, I went to one. We didn't go to the same session for him either. Friend of the show. Yeah, friend of He's the show. He's been on here talking esports, e-sports. recently. Yep. Yeah, yep. Um, I, I take one of the sessions I went to with him was on um, AR and VR, which I think was interesting. Okay. Because, you know, that was... That was pretty hot, I think, before yep. COVID. Yeah. And he said at the beginning of his session, he said, somebody came up to me and said, it's COVID. So... It's a perfect time to do AR and VR. He's like, no, this is the worst time to do AR and VR. We should not be passing things around that have been on people's faces and oh next people's gosh. nosies and stuff. Yes. And so I think he's he's mm. getting back on that train and yeah. saying, look, okay, we're coming out of the pandemic now yeah. a little bit. Maybe this is time we, we get back into this. And yeah, so he, sure. he, he does have a book out called Reality Bites, okay. Innovative Learning Using Augmented and Virtual Reality. Mm-hmm. What I liked about that something he shared from that was the framework absorb blend and create okay in terms of using ar and vr so the absorb part is just like that consuming part Mm -hmm. it's like i don't know google expeditions probably things like that you're just taking in all that you know ar vr stuff when you're blending it you're doing a little bit of absorbing but also maybe thinking about you know how could i 
use this yeah. for something. And maybe that's a little bit more of like, I don't know what the AR stuff used to be in yeah. expeditions where, yeah, it's cool to look at, but then it's like what it's in do? context of something yeah. and you're using it for something. And then obviously create when you're actually mm-hmm. creating those AR VR experiences. So right. if you're thinking about doing some AR VR stuff, I think that's a good maybe grounding framework you could mm-hmm. have just to move people in towards that sort of thing. Hmm. Um, so, and he, sh- he showed some things that, you know, we haven't all seen for like three years because of the pandemic and right. no one is using this, yes. but things like the Google Translate mobile app, okay. uh, you can hold it up in front of like a poster or a road sign that's in a foreign language mm-hmm. and it automatically does that switching to nice. translate it for you. Um, he showed an app that I, mm. I knew before and yeah. I've used before called Jigspace. The past. <gasps> yeah, it's another blast from alive. the past. Wow, I love it. But okay. they've been doing things in the meantime that when we haven't been looking at it, like yeah. there's now collaborative um, opportunities so that all the students can be looking at the same AR thing at the yeah. same time. So it's, it's almost like a guided, you know, VR expedition, Google expeditions type thing yeah. with the teacher, but you can do it so that they're all looking at the same um, AR thing. And he showed a jet engine and all the parts that explode out of that to make it hmm. what it is. So Yeah, that's just interesting. Because I feel like it used to be you could draw mm-hmm. like into the ether. And so I think if you were to go downstairs where we used to be in the office, Amber and I have a bunch of fun designs done through J- Jig Space. Because I feel like it's location-oriented, too. Like, you can go places. It's not anymore. I think you're thinking of a different thing. No, I'm not. I think you are. Did you click on this link and see it? Well, I I mean, we looked at Jigspace, like, six years ago. I bet it's been six years. We did a session at iTech that was all about ARVR. I'm going to look and see. It's like, you know, it shows you a picture of an engine, and then yeah. you move on to the next scene, and it... The like the cylinder heads will come off and yeah. show you how they're attached and stuff. I don't think there's any like drawing in the air with jig space. So there you go. Maybe it's time that we start breaking out our um, AR VR apps again and have people maybe. explore some of those. Now that maybe we, this maybe this is the right time maybe. for AR VR. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe it is. Right. Or maybe it will always be one of those things that are just kind of on the peripherals of, yeah. yeah, is it mainstream or not? Will it ever be mainstream? I, I don't know. I don't know either. The future of AR is cloudy. The metaverse, people keep talking about I it. Know. You know. I know. Yeah. All right. Anybody else you want to round this off with? Um, you know what? I'll just share one more. I went to a Desmo um, session, Desmos, I should say, and... Um, I've sat through some Desmos stuff previously and I always like to go and, you know, just watch people talk about it. And there were three teachers, um, Brianna Gutenbauer, I hope I'm not murdering people's names, Julie Kirkpatrick and Kara Baerbauer. And they were three, two of them were actual like full math teachers. One of them was a special ed teacher. She also taught math. Mm -hmm. Um, And so just like hearing them talk about Desmos, this is the interesting thing. Two things. One of them, Desmos was the actual presentation link that you used. They built their presentation into Desmos. Interesting. Yes. It was, I really liked that idea. It was very meta. Yeah. Um, The other thing was, um, and I think I knew this, but it was a good reminder that Desmos within Desmos has its own, I don't think they call it a library. I think it's collections. Um, of like vetted activities that teachers can pull from and use and edit, whatever. Yes. However, they are, if you want to find Desmos activities that other people out in the world have created, you actually just have to use a Google search. You can't search for those activities within Desmos. Hmm. So if you want to find like an algebra Desmos activity based on this little bit of learning, whatever. You have to use the Google search. You can't use Desmos. Why is it? I don't know. (laughs) That doesn't make a lot of sense. So if you're in Desmos and you're looking for something and not finding it, put it into your Google search instead. There's like secret stuff that you can't find inside of Desmos. I think the stuff probably has to be vetted to be in Desmos. And so instead of vetting just a ton of stuff, Mm -hmm. they put their own stuff in and yeah. That's fair enough. I mean, yeah. I'm sure they only have so much capacity for that kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah, because then you yeah. have to store. Well, I mean, they're storing it anyway. I don't know. So, and I was like, oh yeah, I kind of remember that being a thing. I 
I think I've heard that before, but I thought, ah, it's a good thing to share. Good reminder. All right. All right. So no official tech nuggets this week. Right. Because we just I like, think you should share your one though. Spent like thirty you minutes. You have one on there. I have one on the here. The one on there that I really like. Okay. You just do the one. The second one. Just do that one. Are we going to do it now just to my favorite part of the show or not? Yeah. <laughs> do, do I get an intro for this or not? <laughs> no. Oh, just do okay. the one. Just, just add the one. Just, tech little. Do you mean the second one on yes. there? Okay. I like that one a lot. So our team in the past has used, uh, is it called Future Me? It is, yeah. FutureMe.org, yeah. where we've had teachers um, send a letter to themselves right. in the future. Yeah. And like, Before so maybe- schedule send. Before existed. schedule send existed. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's right. right. Yeah, yeah, we used to do it in like summer workshops yeah. and then say, so what did you per- what do you think you want to hear in August when yeah. you get back? What do you want to try? What are you committing mm-hmm. to? And so it would email people out um, at a date of your choice. Mm-hmm. So I came across another one that was a, a spin-off of that and it was called Send a Video to the Future. Mm-hmm. And it's at seeafuture.me. <laughs> seeafuture.me. <laughs> yeah. I think it's kind of based off, there's a there's a famous YouTuber that your kids are probably seeing called Mr. Beast. Okay. And when he was in high school, he made a video and he put it on YouTube with a published date five years in the future. Oh. And he said, hey, this is Mr. Beast. And yeah. if you're watching this yeah. five years from now, um, I hope that I have X number of subscribers and, and all sure. the rest. And he was leaving a message for himself. Yeah. And, he, and that just did auto-publish, you know, recently in the last year or two. He, okay. That went live and kind of interesting to see. So if you want, you can send a video to yourself mm-hmm. or to anybody else. <laughs> <laughs> Careful. Yeah. And it will only deliver in the date that you decide to send it on. So seeyafuture.me. Interesting. Yeah. So I saw this um, just recently that was, um, and I, I feel like it was something to do with 2-22-22, but it was um, something about, they they did something for like kindergarten kids because there's something about their senior year that must come back to twos again or something. I don't know. I don't remember the context of it, but... It would be kind of a fun thing if you had, like, district email addresses that kids could send, like, as a kindergartner, could send a message to their senior self, like, hey, oh, remember me? This great. is yeah, yeah, these are my goals. This is what I hope that I'll be when I grow up because yeah. wouldn't that be a fun, like, mm-hmm. senior project or, you yeah, know, or yeah, kindergarten yeah. project for seniors? I don't know. Anyway. Will that service still be around? Yeah, that right. Time? I right, don't right. know. Yeah, but who knows? Yeah, that's we can a good only point. Hope. Very yeah. good point. Well, before we go, we should probably give a quick shout out to Bonnie who came to say hello to us at iTech. Yeah. She came by and she's, she, I think she probably thought she left her podcast player on because she goes, I heard your voices. <laughs> and I, know, I know who those guys are. They're oh, on the podcast I listen funny. to. So yeah. um, we always uh, like to say hi to people. Um, that Australian accent, man. I think so. Yeah. It just goes down really well, doesn't it? It does. <laughs> <laughs> so that's uh, everything we have for today, all our iTech nuggets and reflections. Until next time. This has been the EdTech Takeout. We hope it hit the spot.